Hey everyone, how's it going? Thank you for tuning in to the program. As I've said uh, last time we spoke is I'm trying to keep these down to a shorter format so that I can give you more condensed, abbreviated information and advice and you can just take and run with it. I hope that you're all doing well through these challenging times, spending time with your dog, spending some quality time with your dog, perhaps uh, investing time in training your dog, some new behaviors. And uh, if you're dealing with some kind of challenging issues in your house, I hope that you are able to either fix the problem or restore the problem on your own or reach out for some help. Today, I want to talk about something that is uh, it's a common it's a common question uh, and uh, a common th- way of thinking for many people who are dealing with challenging issues. And that is the, the idea that obedience training can help fix their dogs, right? I get this question asked very often, can obedience training fix my dog? Can obedience training rehabilitate my dog? And rehabilitation, I'm not looking up the uh, the definition of the word, but rehabilitation, I believe, is, is a restoration, uh, restoring something to its former state, which really goes against, it, it doesn't really make sense when you when you apply it to what you're actually trying to do with a dog. Uh, when you work with the dog. But it's a default way of thinking for many dog owners who are struggling with their dog. They've got a dog who doesn't listen to them or the dog has some kind of behavioral issue. And the idea is, well, the dog needs more training. And when we refer to training, or at least most people, when they refer to training, they're really actually thinking about and talking about obedience training, obedience type training. I need my dog to be more obedient. I need my dog to focus more on me. Okay. So it's not uncommon for people to ask me, hey, because it's what I do, by the way, it's, it's what I do in my programs. It's what I teach. Uh, whether it's I t- I'm teaching the dog or I'm teaching the human, it's what I teach the dogs. It's obedience type training. And for the most part, that is really what all trainers do. Unless you're dealing with a trainer who is dealing, uh, who has expertise in a specialized field, such as agility, or maybe even service dog, which is a sort along the lines of obedience. Not exactly, but along the lines. Uh, you'll they'll incorporate many of the same concepts. The thought is obedience training is going to make my dog more reliable, pay attention to me more, do more of what I want the dog to do, right? So it's a common question. They ask me, Armando, can obedience training fix my dog? Well, the, the answer to that is really yes and no. We, we, we really want to understand why you're trying to get your dog fixed in the first place. But the reason that I say yes and no is that obedience training is is great for, for your dog for a variety of reasons. I happen to believe that every single dog should have some kind of training, some level of training. Doesn't mean that it has to be uh, high precision type training, right? You don't need one of those robotic mechanical dogs who just does everything at a drop of a dime, drops at a distance. You don't need that. that. That's not what's needed for the average pet dog, right? But you do need a dog who is a little more compliant, who doesn't doesn't necessarily fight you every time you ask a dog to sit or down. Maybe the dog who stays down for a prolonged period of time, right? 
uh, a dog who is a little more keyed in to your verbal cues and commands. I think every dog should be trained to a certain level. So obedience training is incredibly important, I think, for those reasons and those purposes, because to have a dog who was trained at a certain level, and again, certain is subjective. You know, you could have a dog just throw a few treats at and the dog plops his butt in the ground. And again, you can have that dog who is, again, very, very precise. Uh, you've had a more methodical method of a methodical way of training your dog. And your dog is compliant far more reliably than the average dog. So is that what's needed? Uh, to a certain extent, it adds a level of heightened or added manageability and control. But here's the thing that you really want to keep in mind. And again, on, on the idea of keeping this brief, this, this doesn't need to be a prolonged conversation. Here's the thing where most people who take or send their dogs to a training program and the dog gets very well trained in this obedience type method and when the dog goes back home, everything goes to pot. <laughs> everything just goes down the toilet. In other words, the dog regresses to his or her old way of doing things. You can have a dog who is very highly trained, again, knows exactly what the cues are, knows exactly what the skills are, what is asked of him or her. But that isn't going to necessarily fix your problem. So by fixing, let's just, let's just say quickly, you've got a dog who is just very di disobedient, unruly, unmanageable, maybe high energy, incredibly impulsive, just gives it into every his or her whim, tunes you out, makes you irrelevant, doesn't pay attention to you. So obviously you feel obedience training is going to help that. And can it? Yes. But obedience training alone isn't going to do anything for you. Okay. So in other words, in a certain setting, within a certain context, you can have your, your dog down. You can get your dog to direct to place. Get your dog to go to that bed place, Fido, okay, and the dog goes. But that's in a certain context, in a certain maybe perhaps low-key, low-distraction environment and context, right? But will the dog perform that in a more stimulating environment, okay, with more distractions um, when the dog is triggered more? Will the dog give you the same kind of behavior and reliance and reliability under those situations? And if your answer is no, then that's where your work is, right? So obedience training alone will not cure any issues that you have. Because keep in mind that if you have some kind of behavioral issue with your dog, as I've stated in, in, other, po in other podcast episodes, is at the core of many of these issues, almost without fail, almost without fail, is a disconnect between the dog and the relationship that the dog has with the human, okay? There's a disconnect somewhere in there. The dog, for whatever reason, doesn't feel that this individual is going to hold him or her reliable. That isn't always the case, but I will tell you that it's, it is the case 90% of the time. Whether you're dealing with that kind of 
a-hole dog who just drives you crazy and doesn't listen to you, or the dog who is very reactive on leash. To some extent, there is that, there's an imbalance in the relationship, right? So when I think of rehabilitation and restoring something, the first thing that I want to address is restoring the relationship that the dog has with the, the human. Or vice versa, restoring the relationship that the human has with the dog, the way that the dog, the human see, thinks of the dog. Because, of, because if, the, if the human can think of the dog differently, then the, dog, then the human will likely behave towards the dog differently, handle the dog differently. So my, my thought when I hear rehabilitate is I need to fix the relationship first. And the point is that if done correctly, Obedience-type training will go a long way towards restoring that relationship. But how will it do that? Just having a dog place and go down and walk nice on leash doesn't really matter. Again, context is everything. Context matters, right? So here's the trick in really getting a dog to be more reliable, to be less crazy, to be more manageable, easier to control, tune into you more frequently, right? And all of that means restoring the relationship. It's getting the dog to do the behaviors of the obedience training in those very challenging situations and circumstances. It is getting the dog to do the behaviors when the dog doesn't want to do it, okay? So, for example, you have a house full of dogs and you're training this one particular dog to go to place. And when the dogs, all the other dogs are away and crated and in different rooms or outside of the house, it's very easy for you to get that one dog to place on his bed. But now when you add the other distractions, the other dogs come in or you have the other family members or kids come in, the dog can't do it or doesn't want to do it. The distraction and stimulation is so high that the dog finds either difficulty in focusing, difficulty in giving you that focus, or just doesn't want to do it. Just doesn't feel like you're going to make him do it. You're going to hold him accountable. So the the real magic in obedience type training is in getting the dog to follow through and get him to perform the behavior under very challenging and taxing situations and circumstances. And that's where most people kind of, they they miss the mark. Because the dog, if they have an unruly dog, they're like, well, he'll occasionally place. Sometimes he'll place. Sometimes he'll, he'll sit and down when I tell him to. Sometimes he won't. But that, that doesn't jive. That doesn't work. That's not the way it works. If you really want to have a dog who is very obedient and complies and you want to alter the relationship, you need to get that dog to perform every single time during just about any any situation, any circumstance. The more challenging the situation, the more stimulating, the more distractions, the more triggers... That's where the real work is. 
That's where the real challenge is to the human. That's where the human really needs to bring their A game to play. Because when you do that, because it's easy to get dog to just sit or place or down when there's, there's nothing going on. But when you do that, when you challenge the dog at that level, and you challenge yourself at that level, not only are you learning better abilities and, and skills at handling the dog, not only are you improving your, your technique, whatever it is that you're working on, whether it's leash walking or, like I said, place, but when you are getting the dog to comply on a regular, consistent basis under those very challenging, highly distracting circumstances, you're altering the dog's way of thinking of you. There's no other way around it. The dog will see you in a different light. Not in an abusive light, as long as you're not an abusive trainer. (laughs) But the dog is going to start holding a certain level of respect that you may have been missing in the past. The dog is going to start thinking about you in a different manner. And that manner is, you know what? You used to let me do all this crap before. I, I, I knew how to push your buttons. I knew how to steamroll right past you. But now you're holding me accountable. You are, you are now like a brick wall I can't get past. You are now holding the dog accountable because you've raised your standards. You've gone from like, well, he'll play sometimes or he'll, sometimes he'll walk by my side uh, or sometimes he'll listen to me to now I'm getting him to listen to me every single time during high challenging circumstances and situations, highly distracting situations, highly stimulated situations. Okay? When he's triggered, I am making him focus on me and do the work, do the exercise. And that's how you change the relationship. That's how you begin to get more reliability, more responsiveness from the dog. He can't help but see you in a different way. Think about it in human terms, an analogy quickly, is like boot camp. I was in the military. I did boot camp. And not that I was a bad kid before, but I joined when I was very young. I think I was like 17 when I joined. I couldn't even, I couldn't even legally join at that time. I had to have my mom sign me up. And then I I immediately went to boot camp the moment I turned um, 18. I think I turned 18 in February. I think it went in in April. I was gone. And I wasn't a bad kid. You know, I I, I grew up in Brooklyn and then Queens in the city. But I will tell you what boot camp does to you. It gives you a lot of structure. It teaches you certain skills, right? Kind of like obedience type training. It teaches you how to do those kind of skills. So you've got to fold your clothes a certain way. You've got to be in bed by a certain time. You've got to wake up at a certain time. You've got to walk a certain t- uh, certain way. You've got to jog a certain way. I-, I kid you not. You've got to talk a certain way. Okay. And they're not lackadaisical during those six or eight weeks. I forgot how long boot camp is. They're not lackadaisical or permissive about whether you follow the rules or not. Well, sometimes he'll do it. Sometimes you'll do it. Sometimes you won't. No, they make you do it every single time. There is no getting around it. And they work you and they drill you. You have to walk this way. And I I kid you not, no exaggeration. You have to walk this way. When you run, and they call it double time, you will run exactly like this. 
When you talk to someone, you will talk exactly like this. When you fold your, your, your clothing, your laundry, your sheets, your bedding, you will fold it exactly like this. When you salute, it is exact, this is exactly how you will do it. And they drill you. And, and they make it difficult for you. Sometimes you're in the bunkers inside. Sometimes you're outside in the heat or the cold. Sometimes you'll do it at three in the afternoon. Sometimes you're out there doing it at four in the morning. They work you. And, and, and you know, the, we, we call board and train. Uh, some, some trainers call board and train boot camp. I don't call it boot camp, but the, there are parallels to it. And this is why your dog in a, in a well-structured, kind of good board and train program, your dog will come back with heavy you know, heavy knowledge or heavy skills, rather, some strong skills, solid, solidly ingrained conditioned skills. But a lot of that falls apart because when they get home, their family, their humans don't follow through. They're not consistent and dogs aren't stupid. They understand, okay, in this environment, I had to do it. I had to do all this work. But here, you, you, you kind of let me get by. You, you're not permissive. You're permissive. You know, you don't really stop me. When I work around it, I, I'll find a loophole. Pretty soon they know how to work you. And it falls apart. So does obedience type training help you in fixing your dog? I don't like that term fixing, but you get the point. Does it help you fix your dog? Yes, it can. But obedience type training alone won't do it. It won't do it if you don't do the work. And that means you are consistently, continuously challenging the dog and yourself. You're not letting good enough be good enough. You're challenging the dog. And in doing so, you are, you cannot help it. You cannot get around it. You are automatically resetting the relationship that the dog has with you. The dog will see you in a new light. And he will act accordingly. Not that you will have a robot, but he will see you as someone who holds him accountable. And that is it. That is the key. You've raised the bar and the dog has met you at it. So whether you're thinking of sending your dog to a program or just doing the work yourself, perfectly fine. But don't work at some half-ass level, like kick it up quite a few notches. And then you'll see the results. And then you'll see that, yes, obedience-type training can help you go a long way towards ending all many problems that you have. Not always, not all, but many problems that you have. All right, guys, I hope that that helps. I hope that that gives you some kind of food for thought and a little bit of insight in terms of what direction you need to go in. Thank you all for dropping in, listening to the podcast. Don't forget to leave me a review. It's always greatly appreciated. And I'm going to be back in just a few days with some more info. All right, take care. All the best. Now get your dog out and get to work.